98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd Kellen Olsen on the rundown. Yes, Kellen Olsen is here. We can officially start calling you KO again because you're the only KO in town, as far as I know. Uh, every time in the locker room, someone said KO or Kel or something like that. Yeah. Whip the head around. <laughs> and they're never talking to me. They're talking uh, to Kelly Oubre. That's the inside joke there. Well, this time, they will be talking to you unless you're in the Golden State Warriors locker room. Uh, in fact, let's let's start with Oubre because last time you and I talked was Wednesday night during the draft coverage and... <laughs> You said it, and, and and myself and John Bloom all agreed. Like we hope Kelly Oubre doesn't get stuck in Oklahoma City, and he didn't. He's in Golden State. So, two part question: What do you think that does for him? Like, do you like that as a landing spot for him? And then, secondly, where do you see Golden State this season? Because they lose Clay Thompson, which is brutal, and I really feel like he's like the most beloved player in the NBA. But they they do add Kelly Oubre and they add James Wiseman, and you're getting Steph Curry back. Like, I still think that's a playoff team. Oh, they're for sure still a playoff team. I, I I remember tweeting something, and it was reacting to one of our shows, either Bickley and Murata or Burns and Gambo, just talking about the picture out west. And they were talking about it as if like we don't know about Clay Thompson's injury um, like months ago in terms of his comeback, and now obviously he's out for the year. And I just remember uh, one of the hosts, and I legitimately can't remember who it is, just saying, like, well, we don't know. It's So it's only like Steph and Draymond. And like Steph Curry is like one of the best... I can say like one of the best point guards that's ever played. Yeah. And just when he was playing, I know people bring up the example of how bad they were with just Steph for a little bit, but I mean, that was the very beginning of that process and they were figuring it out and he's going to be so much more well prepared. He's still a top 10 player in the league without a doubt. So when you have that caliber of player alone and you look at the other players they've added around him, they've still got a decent group around him, but they really needed someone like Kelly. They really needed, um, I don't want to say a high-level player. That's probably giving Kelly too much credit, but a really decent contributor. And and that's what Kelly can be. It's just really unfair to see what's happening right now with the discussion around him because the big number is $82 million, which is the tax penalty they are taking in order to bring in Ubre, yeah, um, which is $82 million. And then he's replacing Clay, so he's being talked about as an $82 million replacement for Clay Thompson, yeah. which is totally unfair <laughs> to his game. I think he's a very good player and... If you just think about that fan base and how dedicated that fan base, they are immediately going to latch on to him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around there. They've got the Andrew Wiggins contract to deal with, but if they're able to get off that, then bringing Kelly back makes a ton of sense on that team. He's not an elite shooter or anything, but you know who are elite shooters? The Splash Brothers, and, and you can you can deal with that to get some energy and some just a, a good player in your rotation, and that's what Kelly is. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people next year. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I think a lot of Suns fans are with you on that because now he steps into a situation where he is on a good team, and Golden State's going to be one of the most fun teams in the league to watch with Ubre and Steph back, and we don't know. I mean, Wiseman easily could be the best player in this draft, so even without Clay, I, like I said, and you are on the same page with me, I mean, that's a playoff team the Suns are going to have to, to try and jump, even though Golden State was horrible last year. Uh, before we get into the Suns, Josh Jackson signing with Detroit. Can you explain what Detroit is doing just in general, or is that I'm, I'm very well, confused with him, by them? With him, it makes sense. You, you always see that a top five, top ten pick is always going to get that third team. Obviously, they're going to go from their first team to their second team, but that that third team, that third and like kind of final chance in the league, that's basically what Detroit is. Because we saw. Marquise Chris, Dragan Bender. I, I think Bender only got to his. No, he was in Milwaukee, so then he went to Golden State. That was his third team. Marquise went from Cleveland to 
Golden State, I believe, as well. That was his third team, and this is Josh's third team. So uh, I think he gets a chance. But in terms of Detroit signing every center on the market right now, I have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) I I tweeted the joke that uh, they just got Troy Weaver in as their new GM, and I'm not sure that the people who hired him knew that he absolutely loves centers and said, I got to have him. Uh, They signed Mason Plumlee, Jaleel Okafor, and then they draft Isaiah Stewart in the top 20, who, by the way, Isaiah Stewart, not a top 20 guy in my opinion. They really reached on him in that spot as well. So... There are certain ways to approach a rebuild, and that is how they are choosing uh, to approach them. I, You just never watched Mason Plumlee, especially in the playoffs last year, and just watched the way that he played on Denver and thought that's a guy I want to give three years of guaranteed money to on top of it being $25 million total. That's tough scenes uh, for the Pistons. I did not like what they did. Yeah, I, that that team more than any other has baffled me. Okay, let's get into the Suns. They haven't done anything yet. Um, I, look, they made their fireworks earlier this week with uh, with the Chris Paul sign, the, the trade for Chris Paul, and then obviously drafting uh, Jalen Smith. What do you th- foresee happening, or what do you think they need to do? Uh, they need to address a couple of different spots. Uh, I believe that they chose to go over the cap in this situation because they felt like this was a better way to fully um, equip the rest of their roster. They have a couple of exceptions they can use in different ways, uh, and they have the vet men still, and then in this situation, of course, they retain the cap holds of Dario Sarge and Aaron Baines from everything Gambo has been reporting on the shows the past couple of weeks. It sounds like Baines is not back, and Dario is. That's his guess, at least right now, based off of his reporting. And I I like that to a certain extent. I think it's going to be interesting to see what we've been hearing pretty much since last offseason was that they want to add a power forward. They wanted to bring someone in besides Dario. That's really like a position they wanted to upgrade, and I still get the sense that that's the case today. But if you pay that guy a certain amount of money and then you pay Dario a certain amount of money, that's a lot you're dedicating to your front court. Uh, When James was talking last night, um, he, he referenced the fact that the Western Conference, to compete in the Western Conference, mentioned size a bit with Jalen Smith and picking him, uh, w- which makes sense. The Western Conference Finals, there was Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis on the floor, and those teams played big, and you had to you have to counter that. But at the same time, you don't want to do too much of it, a.k.a. what we just talked about with the Detroit Pistons. That's doing too much of it, but you just worry about tipping the scales a certain way. I think third guard is something uh, Gambo reported DJ Augustine today. He makes perfect sense to me. You just always know that Chris Paul is going to miss 10 to 15 games for you. So to have a guy to back him up, but also just be reliable um, uh, going into the season. I, I, I've been saying for a while that even if campaign played well, I'd heard Burnsy describe it on the show today. I know bubble campaign is good, but do I know 72-game season campaign is good? We have no idea. And you do not want to, I don't want to say mortgage your season on it, but the Suns were so bad when Ricky Rubio or Devin Booker was off the court. And when both of them were off the court, it was a disaster pretty much every time. They got blown out by teams when that happened. If you have someone like DJ Augustine, which I know it's not a name that explodes off the page or anything, but just a reliable veteran who knows how to run an offense, that that would go so much further than the guys they played. Remember, Tyler Johnson, Elliot Koba, all these names that they look to. Uh, Ty Jerome, who they just bailed on in a year. Um, it, it would help a lot. You said bubble campaign. That sounds like some sort of like election strategy or something. I always mix it up with them. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but what you said in there about Chris Paul, like the schedule is going to be weird this year. It already is weird this year, like the way it's going to be released to us and everything. How important is whoever they finally decide is Chris Paul's backup this season to make plays to, to get this team into the playoffs in your mind? Not necessarily in terms of them getting to the playoffs, because I just think the starting five is going to be so good, and that's saying right now. Like, if they add someone with the MLE that's going to start at the four, this team is going to win a whole lot of games next year. Chris Paul's really 
that good and that much of a difference maker and upgrade over Ricky Rubio. But uh, it it does have an impact. It does for sure because I think that's really the last spot you look at this team for them to upgrade because assuming Dario Sarge is back, you've got Sarge and Smith behind DeAndre Ayton as like the big rotation, which is perfect. Two of those guys can play some four as well, so they don't have to look for all those minutes behind DeAndre. So there's some... Um, there's some room there. Now, Now it's it's an if on Jalen Smith, by the way, I should add, and that's part of the reason why um, I criticize the pick a little bit just because I, I doubt his ability to play there long term. But can he play like five, ten minutes there a night, depending on the matchup? Sure. Uh, and then on the wing, obviously, you got Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, assuming just one of those guys starts. You're looking at good depth there. You maybe bring in another name there, whether it's a power forward, whether it's a wing. So your depth in, at those spots is great. And then if you got Javon Carter campaign and then you bring in a reliable third guard, that's a full rotation. That's I'm talking more four or five seed now than I'm talking about six, seven, eight for sure. Yeah, I mean, and we only have about a minute here, but just, you know, there's been so much talk over the last few years, everybody trying to talk themselves into, okay, the Suns are going to be better this year. They actually are going to be. It's on paper the best team they've had in 10 years. Yeah. Um, the analogy that I've been making for a while is, we all knew DeAndre Hopkins was a great NFL wide receiver when we saw him on the Texans for years and years. We saw him on national TV and playoff games, yada, yada. But watching him week to week and just how amazing he is, yeah. people are going to have that same thing with Chris Paul. Even if he is worse next year, he's not a second-team All-NBA point guard, and he's more like a borderline All-Star or whatever. I still think he is just a terrific basketball player who is going to make every single player better in the way that Suns fans should know, like Steve Nash did. Yeah, I was surprised by how many Suns fans were like opposed, like violently opposed to that trade when it happened. And I know some of it is you're giving up Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio was a very likable guy here who did his job as well for the one year that he was here. But you know, now that we see Oubre landing in Golden State, I guess I guess he may end up coming back to burn the Suns. But I, I, to to what you just said, Kellen, like you you bring in a guy like Chris Paul and you can't even quantify what it could mean for this team at least this year hopefully next year uh, as well i should say before you go off there christian wood just signed for three years 27 million with houston uh that was a guy that we believed with the mle which it looks Ooh. like is what he signed for nine million dollars a year um did the phoenix Suns offer him that did he choose houston over phoenix we're not quite sure but that was one of the guys that made a lot of sense for that power forward spot i just mentioned and he's off the board all right look at kellen coming in here with some news right as the show notifications wraps up. on this season oh, Luke. Nice you got work. it you got you have to do it 